name is there, I sure hope my name is there. Amen. Amen. Right now, I'm not too sure. Amen. But anyway, I want you to take your Bible tonight, if you would, turn to John chapter 13. John chapter number 13. Amen. It is always a consolation when the preacher asks you what, the, you know, tells you what to preach. Amen. I would have preached something better. I really would have. Amen. Have a lot better messages than this. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, I want you to turn to John 13, if you will. We'll read a couple of verses there. I'm so honored to be here, Pastor. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here, especially among all these great men of God. Amen. I feel like the least of the least. I really mean that from my heart. Amen. John 13, let's look in verse number 1. <clears throat> now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Then verse 35, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered, Whither I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou, will, thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot, I, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily I say unto thee, the cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. Then chapter 14, if you would, in verse number 12, and then we'll pray. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Let's go to the Lord in word of prayer. Father, thank you for the overwhelming honor to stand in this pulpit among all these great men of God. Lord, I'm so humbled. I only know to ask you to help me and fill me with the Holy Spirit and power and unction. And Lord, give me liberty to say what needs to be said. Thank you again, Lord, for this meeting and God, what I've heard about it down through the last few years. And now, Lord, to find myself here preaching, I give you praise for that. Please use me tonight. I'm not here to be an entertainer, a performer. But Lord, that I can say something to help some pastor, some preacher, uh, Lord, in their calling. And we're going to thank you in advance now for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. When I read this text sometime, some few years ago, down in verse number 36, the word follow. Look in verse 36. Whether I go, thou cannot follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? Of course, we know he's talking about following the Lord. And I, I want to preach on this thought tonight, learning to lead. Learning to lead. I want to emphasize that first word, learning to lead. I've been doing this now 42 years, and I'm still learning how to lead God's people. Amen. And so I see some truths here, amen, that we may have to learn to live with if we're going to be leaders, amen, for the cause of Christ. Amen. Many, many years ago when God called me to preach, I was working for the government, amen. And when I worked for the government, I was serving an apprenticeship. I was a pipe fitter, and I was serving an apprenticeship in that <coughs> particular trade. <coughs> and uh, they come to me <coughs> afterwards and said to me, said, now that you've served your apprenticeship, we want you to be in management. And uh, because you have served the apprenticeship, we want to put those kind of people in management. And I did not want to be in management because I really didn't like leading people. And so the government would give me that offer. And they said, with that, with that offer, you get more money. And I said, well, I still don't want to lead. I just like going to work, doing my job, and going home. And then uh, several years later after that, I got another call from God, not the government, but God. 
And God said, I want you to learn to, I want you to lead God's people. And then he said, it's going to be less money. Somebody help me right there. About the best point I got right there. So all put all that aside, amen. I'm glad for the call of God to preach. I, I really have heard some preachers, and I'm not here to throw stones, say that they didn't have a call and they just chose to be a preacher. I personally have a call of God to preach the gospel, amen. And I believe God really called me into the ministry, amen, and to be a pastor, amen. So we all know this story, amen, that uh, we read here about Peter and the other disciples. You know the story about all of them. And uh, then as I looked at that, I just got about five or six P's I want to preach to the preachers. P's for preachers. Would y'all help me? Amen. Keep in mind, I'm talking about learning to lead. First of all, if you're going to lead God's people, you will have to learn to live with people less dedicated than you are. Amen. Our Lord did, and our text is evident that Peter said, we're going to follow you. We're going to follow you to death. There was a promise that Peter made, and I'm, I'm thinking he was serious. He was earnest. Lord, I'm going to follow you to the end. But you're going to have to learn. You're going to get a lot of promises. And a lot of people are not going to come through. Amen. Amen. It's hard to get people dedicated to the things of God. And then it's hard to keep people dedicated to the things of God. You will get a lot of promises that will not come to pass. But hey, listen to this. People are not, well, not always going to be dedicated to what they have said they're going to do. I'll tell you, Moses found that out. He led two million people. You know how many got to the promised land? Two. Are you listening? Amen. Only two crossed Jordan. If you put that in our church today, how many people really get not to the promised land, but the victorious Christian life. There's a lot of people say they're going to serve God, but you find out down the way they get sidetracked. Amen. Moses had that problem. He had that problem so bad, amen, that it caused him not to go trying to get them to go. Amen and amen. Tell you, when they first went across the Red Sea, amen, they were singing, they were shouting. You know the story. Pharaoh and the rider is dead. Amen. They got on the other side. They're singing. Moses said, let's sing, man. Let's sing. Look what God just did. Part of the Red Sea. And they started singing. And then the women started singing. And everybody said, we're having revival. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, just a few, late, few days later, uh, they're not singing. Now they're swearing and sighing. Yeah. I'm just telling you, a lot of people say they're going to be dedicated are not going to be dedicated. Amen. They did learn a few things in the wilderness, amen, that got them into the promised land or helped them when they got there. They learned how to go around in circles. Forty years round in circles. Forty years round in circles. Then they got to the promised land and Joshua said, all right, get up in the morning. We're going in circles. They said, well, we remember that. Mom and Daddy taught us that. So, so they did learn some lessons, amen. Hey, Paul led John Mark. Hey, Paul led Demas. I'll be honest with you, most of the preaching I've heard, I'm not here to correct anybody, but I, we say Demas was saved. I've always heard him preach as a backslider. Are we really sure he was saved? I'm not going to try to tell a man living in the world that he's saved. He said, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present evil world. Amen. I'm not going to tell a man living in the world that I know you saved, brother. You just backslid. He might have not never slid in. Amen and amen. I will say this. He didn't leave a clear-cut testimony. 
Amen. Hey, when I die, I don't want to die living in the world. Amen. I don't want to have to get up and preach my funeral and say, Well, Brother Willis was saved. I'm not sure till this thing's over. I've had to preach funerals. You have to make up words for those that lay before you. Amen and amen. Paul said, No man stood with me. Uh, here's my point. Here's my point. Hey, listen to me. You're going to have to learn to live with people that are less dedicated than you are. That's part of the ministry, amen. And then you're going to have to deal, deal with people that position doesn't always mean dedication. Peter, James, John. These are people in position. These are people of the inner circle, amen. Every time you see Peter, he's sleeping. Yeah, he was sleeping in the transfiguration. He was sleeping in the garden. He's sleeping in the prison. He was always sleeping. Amen. My point is simply, hey, here's some inner circle men. Amen. The only one I read about is the disciples. Only one of them went to Jesus' funeral. Here's the leader. Somebody, I wish I could get loose now. Here's the leader of some of the greatest men in the world. And only one of them went to the funeral. Are you listening? How many is going to your funeral? I'm just simply saying, if you're going to lead, you're going to find out position doesn't always indicate dedication. These men were in position. They had a position. By the way, dedication is a requirement for office. Amen. You don't put people in office to get them dedicated. They get dedicated before you put them in office. And I found out it's a whole lot easier to put them in than it is to take them out. Amen and amen. Hey, rules don't make hey rules don't make anybody spiritual. We got so many rules in our church, I'm not sure I'm obeying them all. I wanted to sing in the choir not long ago, and I, they said the split in my pants was too long. Amen. Somebody help me. Rules, rules will not make people dedicated. Amen. Amen. We do expect more out of people that have position. Hey, you, a person that's going to hold a position in the church, we have, we expect you to be dedicated. Amen and amen. It's kind of like a boss hiring people and saying, now sir, we're going to hire you five days a week. How many days will you be here? He said, I'll be here four. Are you listening? I just, here's what I've learned in 42 years of pastoring. Hey, I just don't put people in office if they're not already dedicated. I don't put them in to get them dedicated. Hey, I get them dedicated or God gets them dedicated before you put them in. You go find this out, brethren. Y'all know this to be true. It's easier to put people in than it is to take them out. Amen and amen. So my point is simply this. You're going to have to learn to live with people that are less dedicated than you. And position doesn't always mean they're going to be dedicated. Amen and amen. And I'm hurrying, really, because I want to hear about Brother McBride preach. Their lack of dedication did not prevent him from being dedicated. Are you listening? John chapter number 2, Jesus cleansed the temple. The Bible said in verse 17, The zeal of thine house has eaten me up. And so when Jesus went down to the temple, and he saw what they were doing in the temple, and disgracing the house of God, he went and made a whip. We're talking about a leader. We're talking about Jesus, the greatest preacher that ever lived, baby. And when he saw that going on in the house of God, he said, this cannot be so. He went and made a whip. Did not not say he went and got a whip. Said he went and made a whip. Anybody listening? Well, to make a whip, that'd take a little bit of time. 
And I'm thinking, knowing Jesus and knowing the preacher that he was, he's probably praying while he's making that whip. Lord, I hope they'll get this straight before I get this whip made. I mean, I'm giving my heart on this, amen. And he's probably praying, Lord, I don't want to use this whip. I'm praying God they'll straighten this out before I get this whip made. And I can honestly testify to this. I've had problems in my church in 42 years that I, I, I went and whipped up a message. Somebody hit me. And I am really praying, Lord, I don't want to preach this message. I don't want to have to go to our church and preach that. Lord, would you straighten that problem up? And I have seen God, hey, straighten a problem up that I never had to deal with. But then I've seen a few he didn't straighten up. And I had to whip it out. No preacher, I'm telling you, if you're right with God, no preacher wants to go to his church and have to preach a hard message to his church. If you got that attitude, you better get your attitude right because that is not a right attitude. Amen and amen. This is further my message. This is further my message. But let me say it while I got it on my mind. A lot of sheep have been slaughtered to make one shepherd. Are you listening? We have slaughtered a lot of sheep to make one shepherd. Amen and amen. So my point is simply this, amen. Hey, his, their lack of dedication didn't prevent him from being dedicated. The Bible said in Isaiah 50 verse 7, he set his face like a flint. All the negative pulls and pressures, hey, compi- uh, confuses us many times. There, there's a lot of negative pulls and pressures in the ministry. And I realize I'm preaching to men that know that, amen. But at the same time, we can't throw in the towel. Amen. May I say, I'm reminded of the woman that went in and got her children dressed for church and went in the bedroom and said, Honey, all the children dressed, I'm dressed, we're ready to go to church. She said, Get up and get ready. He said, I'm not going to church. She said, Honey, you have to. You're the pastor. Don't tell me if you've been in the ministry 42 years, you haven't woke up a few Sunday mornings. I didn't say many and said, Man, I hate what I got to face today. That, 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 that doesn't mean that I, I'm not called. That just simply means, hey, you're going to face pressure in the ministry. And there's going to be something sometime going on in your church if you pass it long enough that you don't want to have to go and face that day. Are you all listening to me? I just found this to be true. You're going to have to learn, hey, to go home with what God has called you to do. Don't let them stop you, amen, from being what you ought to be. Amen and amen. The Bible said, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And the context of that is the coming of the Lord. I really believe the Lord is coming. I don't want to throw in the towel right here, right before He comes. I want to be faithful to the end. Amen and amen. So their lack of dedication did not prevent Him from being dedicated. In spite of their lack of dedication, He still had passion for them. That was in our text tonight, all through our text, amen. People are less dedicated, position doesn't indicate, amen, that dedication, amen, it doesn't prevent him from being dedicated. But in verse number one, the Bible said what? The latter part, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them to the end. I'm just saying something to us, church, listen to me. We're going to have to learn this. We better get that. If you don't love people, you're in the wrong calling. Because people aren't always lovable. Amen. And, and the preacher ain't always lovable. Over in Matthew chapter 26, the Bible said Jesus was praying. 
Matthew chapter 6, the Bible said he's praying in verse 39. And the Bible said he went a little further, fell on his face, and he prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. He had to pray for the will of God. Yes. You better learn. We better learn in a minute. I know this is just an old hat uh, uh, subject in the sense that we hear it so much. But if you don't learn to pray, you're not going to discern the will of God. Amen. Amen. So he was praying for the will of God. I'm talking about Jesus, the leader, was praying for the will of God. And then look in verse number 40. The Bible said in verse 40, And he cometh unto his disciples and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The Spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And the Bible said he went away the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if this, cup, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them sleep again, for their eyes were heavy. You have to learn to pray for the will of God. And then you have to learn to pray for the weakness of others. We just, it's just a fact in the ministry, some people are not as strong as others. And you're going to have to learn to pray to deal with the weakness of others. Amen. Amen. And we're talking about not necessarily weak people here, but they had weaknesses. And I'm telling you, the best person you got in your church has got weaknesses. Amen. Amen. And then the Bible said in verse number 48, And he, and he, he that betrayed him came, give them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss the same as he holding steadfast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And listen to this. And Jesus said unto him, Friend. You're going to have to learn to pray for the will of God. You're going to have to learn to pray for the weakness of God. You're going to have to learn to pray for the wicked. There are people that are going to turn on you. Man, I wish I could get this cross better. If they turn on the greatest leader that ever preached, there's going to be people that turn on you. And here's what I'm saying. If you don't learn to pray, you're going to get bitter. When I had just gotten into ministry, when I had just gotten into ministry, I started a church in St. Stephen. There was an older preacher in Charleston. He, he built an independent Baptist church. As far as I know, I preached in just a few weeks ago. A church at one time, I think, run three or four hundred. I think, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, it probably was the first independent Baptist church in Charleston. And this man was the pastor, and I was a young preacher. And I went to see him, went to his house, knocked on his door, went in and sat in the living room with him. And I, I said, brother, and I won't call his name, I said, brother, I've come to see you. I just started a church, and I know you've been pastoring a long time. You've got a great church. I said, I really need you to give me some insight. And out of that conversation, here's what he said. He said, a preacher, a man came to my church that used to be a preacher in my church. And he said he took some people out of my church and went and started the church. And he said, I want to tell you something. I, I just about hate that man. Now, I'm talking to a veteran preacher. And he said, I told my family if I die and he comes to the funeral, y'all ought, ought to tell him he cannot stay at the funeral. And so I'm sitting there as a young preacher and I'm thinking, here's a veteran preacher, got a large church, and he's done let something get in his life to make him bitter. And you know, not long after that visit, he died. That, that preacher that did that to him come to the funeral and the family went to him and said, Daddy said, you are not welcome to this funeral and we are asking you to leave. Here's what I want to say to you. If you don't learn to pray, 
And I don't claim myself to be no great prayer warrior, that's for sure. But I have learned this to be true. If you don't pray, you go get bitter. Because I'm going to tell you what, people, I'm just telling you, sound like I'm against people. No, I'm for people. I'm just trying to tell you, you're going to have to learn that people are going to let you down. Amen and amen. So you better learn to pray. If you don't pray, they'll convert you. Amen and amen. Hey, prayer may not change them, but it'll keep them from changing you. Are you listening? Prayer may not convert them, but it'll keep them from converting you. Because if you don't pray, you're going to do what they do. Amen and amen. The Bible said in Jude, but be but ye beloved praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm just simply saying we're going to have to learn to pray. Over in the second Timothy chapter 4 verse 16, the Bible, uh, Paul writing to Timothy, here's what he said. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. Listen to this. I pray God. That it may not be laid to their charge. I know that's a common subject in a meeting like this. I mean, preach, ain't you got something? I, I don't have anything to really tell you this in a minute. You better, we better learn to pray. I went to my prayer room before, amen, with situations in the church that had me aggravated. Some of y'all, I couldn't get an amen to that. And I'm going to tell you what, and start praying for them. And somehow the Holy Spirit of God took that bitterness away and let me pray for them. Amen. And I don't want to get too technical, but even right now, I'm going through some things. Are you listening? I thought this was timely, that I was preaching this. Maybe God knew, knew I needed to hear this. I'm going through some things right now. Then if I don't pray, I'm going to get bitter. Are you listening? Amen. That's just part of the ministry. But I'm going to tell you what, we better learn to pray. I don't want to get converted to what they're doing. Amen, amen. So my point, number, my point number four is this. Hey, listen to this. In spite of their lack of dedication, he still had passion for them. We've got to love people. Amen, amen. Preacher, that sounds like a modernist. No, I'm just telling you, we're fundamental independent Baptists. Amen. But I'm going to tell you what, if you take love out of it, it's all over, friend. Amen and amen. Jesus loved his disciples. Can you imagine that he loved that Christ? He loved Jacob. God loved Jacob. Who could love Jacob? And then I read where Jacob got converted. Now, God can save Jacob. God can save anybody. A, a, a con man, a, a conniver, amen. And yet God, now he had to do something to his legs so he couldn't walk. But I'm trying to tell you, God saved Jacob. So there's hope for all of y'all. Amen and amen. Let me give you point number five. Their lack of dedication did not mean his project wasn't the will of God. Are you listening? Matthew sixteen twenty one. Matthew sixteen twenty one. From that time forth began Jesus to show his disciples how he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of his elders, chief priests, and scribes, and be killed and be raised again the third day. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said to Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Here's what I want to say about that point. Amen. Hey. Their lack of dedication didn't mean his project wasn't the will of God. Peter said, you, you don't need to go to the cross. 
I mean, that's the whole scope of what we're talking about. That's why he came. He came to go to the cross. And Peter said, you don't need to go to the cross. Amen and amen. That was his project. They didn't see it. Stay with me just a minute, church, and I'll be out of the way. They didn't see the project that he had. And when God as a leader gives you as a leader a project, hey, you got to understand, they may not see it like you see it. Hey, you got it from God, they're getting it from you. Is anybody listening? But his project was the will of God. And a man of God is leading people. God gives him things to do. And they may not see it like you see it. But they got to follow your faith. Amen and amen. And sometimes, sometimes, oh help me Lord. And sometimes, because they don't see it like you see it. Hey, and they're a little reluctant sometimes. You can understand, you can understand if you think about it. They didn't get it like you got it. Amen and amen. Amen. I hope so. I hope so. Amen and amen. Are you listening? I, I, I know Brother Jeff, when God called Brother Jeff to go to the mission field, Brother Jeff Prance out of our church, God called him to go to the mission field. He went and told his parents, he said, God has called me and my family to go to Bulgaria. And I mean, man, understandably, Sister Jan, his wife, she ain't never been out of Carleton County. And most of that time, she's barefooted. And she said, I'm going to take your daughter, put her on a plane, and go to Bulgaria. And put you right where the communist headquarters used to be. And they say, you don't need to take, you don't need to do that. Don't take our children and our grandchildren to Bulgaria. They didn't understand. But he had a call on his life. And he was fulfilling the call of God on his life. But they didn't understand it. Would you understand? Amen. If my if my son-in-law come to me and say, I'm taking your daughter and we're going to son, I'd say, I'm not sure I'd understand. Is anybody listening? Amen and amen. Brother Lance Neal was calling our church to go to Papua New Guinea. And I'm telling you, I start, I remember, I remember he preaching in Ronnie Rogerson's church. I, I remember I was standing there, I was standing there that day in that meeting, and he got up and preached, and he said, I would not do this for nobody but God. And he packed up everything and went to, went to Papua New Guinea. And he started a church in Papua New Guinea where there's never been an independent Baptist church in, in history. Went to Papua New Guinea, preached in his church. The church filled up. Got in the yard, the, the house, preached in the house. The house filled up. Got in the yard, put up a lean-to. The, the yard filled up. Built a big old tabernacle. Amen. Six, 600 people. The tabernacle filled up. And his family saying, you don't need to take our church. You don't need to leave and go to a world where they... I mean, they, 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 they eat people. I mean, they eat bark off trees. They, 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 they get the worms off the trees. That's where he went. Never been a church there. And Brother Lance started preaching. And they're getting saved and getting saved and getting saved. And then he started the church and named it Life Baptist Church. And then out of that church, God called a preacher. Then God called another preacher. Then God called another preacher. God called another preacher. God called another preacher. God called another preacher. 
God called another preacher. And God called another preacher. And God called another preacher. And God, when he got through, they had about 32 preachers. And all of them went out and started churches all over that country. And they went to a Catholic village. And the Catholic village, when they left, was a Baptist village. Somebody help me. And his family said, and his family, you don't need to go. You don't need to go. But God's called me to go. Anybody listening? And I said, Brother Lance, I said, man, can them fellas preach? He said, Brother Alfred, can they preach? He said, man, them men preach. They, they preach like machine guns. I said, well, let's get one of them to come over here. Let's get the pastor of the first church. Let's get him to come back over here to Life Baptist Church. Because he named it Life Baptist Church. They said, let's get him to come over here. And, and so Brother Lance said, well, I'll make arrangements if you think that's where you So we flew him over here and he preached in our church. I said, my soul can them people preach. Man, his name is Sakarupa. I call it Socket to you, amen. And he got up and preached. He got up and preached. I'm telling you, he got up and preached. I'm Brother Lance. He's, you know, he did, he's a pigeon. And he was preaching pigeon. And Brother Lance was up. And man, they, they got in the Holy Ghost preaching and interpreting. And so I went to Brother Sakaruba after church. I said, Brother Sakaruba, I said, listen to me now. If you got all them churches together that's been saved and baptized and members of those churches, how many people would that be on Sunday? He said, oh, Pastor, I guess that would probably be around 3,500 people that's been saved and in those churches now. I said, 3,500 people in church? He said, oh, yeah. I said, well, Brother Sakharubi, you, you preached for us today. You've seen our crowd. He said, yes, yes. I said, you know, we maybe had 125, maybe 130. I said, you've seen our crowd? He said, yes. I said, and we support you. He said, yes, Pastor. I said, now you've got 3,500 and we support you. <laughs> Have you ever thought about supporting us? He said, oh, Pastor, and he's eating my chicken. Somebody help me. Oh, I told all that to say this. Oh, Brother Neil, Sister Neil, you can't go 125 degrees. Hey, I'm telling you, you can't go. Don't go. Hey, thank God he went. Is anybody listening? The man who got me to come to St. Stephen and preach my first revival there. Started a little church, started a little mission down the road. Preached my first meeting there. A little bit later, they come. My time was up. They didn't want me to come back. Some people had gotten saved. We started the church, and so the man who got me to come joined our church. And after I was there preaching a while, and we started building a building and got the building paid for, and he dedicated. We was going to dedicate the building that Sunday morning. I heard a knock on the door. I went to the door, and this is the honest to God truth, preacher. He was standing there with the key. When I opened the door, right in my eyes, jingling like that. He said, I just want you to know I won't be there. I'll tell you, man, on, my, on the dedication morning of our church, my heart was torn out. You have to learn this. You have to learn this. Their lack of dedication don't mean the project ain't the will of God. I wish he'd have stayed. I wish he'd have stayed and got in on the blessings. Amen. But I'm going to tell you what. Not everybody's going to stand the project that you got. Amen and amen. Amen. The cross was the will of God. Amen and amen. And I didn't come to tell a lot of personal things, but I think I could say this, amen. God told us to start a men's home. 
And thank God for many of you men that's helped us with that. But I was 67 years old when I had to go before our men and say, Men, God's laid on my heart to start a men's home. And I'm telling you, and we're a little country church out there in the woods, huh? but you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, that's not, that's not big to y'all. I realize we're up here in North Carolina, the big city. But down where we are, we got one. We had two stoplights. They come by and redirect the road, and now we got one. <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars to buy the land, to build a building. Amen. And I had to go before the men of our church. Amen. And say, God, 67 years old. I mean, I feel like Caleb. Is all right listening? I said, God's put on my, home, my heart to start a home. Hey, I, there was some reluctancy. My age, what are we doing? I can understand that some people would be hesitant. Now, at that time, I didn't. Is anybody listening? But when I look back, I got this message, somebody else. Mean, I can understand there would be some reluctancy. Because God showed it very clearly to me, but they didn't get what I got. So they're not following faith in God. They're following faith in a man that says God told them to do this. I'm saying this really trying to help somebody really. Not like I, not like I feel qualified to do that. But I am saying this. Hey, they're following your faith. When God gives you something, we better be considerate of that. Amen and amen. Can I give you this and I'm about through. I, I got to hurry. I want, I want the preacher to come. Their lack of dedication did not reflect poor leadership on his behalf. Jesus led Peter. Are you listening? Peter swore, he slept, he used the sword. Jesus led Judas. He was a devil. Jesus led Thomas. He was a doubter. Are you listening? So in his small church, amen, he's got a denier, a devil, and a doubter. And he ain't got but twelve. How many you got? Somewhere in your church, probably, there's some people got doubts. Somewhere in your church, there's some people that deny. They, they don't understand what you're doing. Are you, and you're going to have to learn to live with that. Amen and amen. They haven't got a hold of it like you've got a hold of it. They haven't seen, and, and you understand what I'm not talking about vision. They haven't seen what you've seen. God hadn't spoken to them like He's spoken to you. And you will have to take that in consideration when you're leading people. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. I, I think I can say this. I hope this statement doesn't come off wrong. Amen. I'll tell you what. Forty years of ministry has taught me this. But I'm still learning. Forty years of ministry has taught this to me personally. And I want to say again, I'm still learning. That hey, you're going to have to learn, amen, that because people don't follow you, it's not poor leadership. Amen and amen. If I were a better pastor, listen to me, we'll beat our, if I were a better pastor, then our church would be a greater church. If I was a better parent, then my children would have turned out right. I think I get to preach for some of the greatest preachers in the country. And some of the preachers I preach for, their children are not in church. And here's what the devil will do to you. He'll beat you up saying, well, if you was a better pastor, or if you was a better parent, then things would have turned out better. I understand that, but that not, may not always be so. Could I tell you, God had one son named Adam, put him in a perfect environment, he messed up. And I'm telling you, our, our children are not in a perfect environment, amen. They're in a wicked, heathen, a godless society. And I'm trying to tell you, listen to that. Hey, it was not necessarily because you're not a better parent or a better pastor. 
It just hasn't worked out like you want it to work out. Amen and amen. Could I remind you, Paul led Demas. Amen and amen. And by the way, you ought to do right if, if the preacher fails. Who are you following? I'll insert this and I'm through. My pastor taught me everything I'm preaching to y'all. My pastor taught me everything I'm preaching to y'all. Every doctrine, everything, the right by He taught me everything I know. Run off with a woman. Are you listening? My pastor that taught me everything I know. Run off with a woman. Now I'll tell you something. I, I, I ain't got time to tell that, but... When I, when I first got saved, I didn't know no better. I didn't know no better. So y'all don't condemn me for this. Bob Harrington. There was a fellow named Bob Harrington. Wore a red tie. Had a red Bible. It just tells you how old I am and how young y'all are. Got on, got, on, got on TV. It's fun being saved. I said, glory to God, it sure is. I found out it ain't fun being saved. It's a joy, but it ain't fun. Matter of fact, he had little stickers. He had little stickers being, it's fun being saved. I went to one of his meetings, amen, and, and I got one of them stickers and I put it on right there and went to Dr. Seidler's church that morning. We was up in Greenville and I walked in and Dr. Seidler met us in the foyer, never met us. And I said, oh, Dr. Seidler, it's fun being saved. He said, mm. Hey, I got I got on his I got on his bandwagon, amen. I sent him money, 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 amen, because he was preaching. I thought he was preaching. And come to find he run off with a woman. Anybody listening? Then I got on then I got another preacher. I started following another preacher. He run off with a woman. And then I got my pastor. He run off with a woman. Here's what I found out. You better put your confidence in God. A lot of people are out of church today because they wholly just followed the pastor. You better follow the Lord. Amen. 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 Somebody help me, brother Floyd. Hey, I'm just sitting trying to say their lack of dedication did not cause them to lose confidence that they were profitable for the future. Are you listening? Bible said in our verse number 12, 14, 12, and I'm through. The Bible said, Barely, barely, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. Greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. He said, Listen, when I leave, this gospel is going into all the world, because the Spirit of God's coming. Amen. Are you listening? Amen. Hey, Luke chapter 22, verse 32. Amen. Peter, hey, he denied the Lord, but the next time when he got right, he see him preaching, what, 3,000 got saved. 5,000 got saved. Multitudes got saved. Hey, he, didn't, he, he did not put them aside understanding they can be profitable for the future. Hey, some of the ones that you think will never make it, make it. Some of the ones you think are going to make it, don't make it. Yeah, I hope this ain't too negative. Amen. Hey, he said, he said, hey, John Mark, send John Mark, Paul said, send John Mark. He's profitable for the ministry. Amen and amen. I'm just simply saying sometimes, sometimes people got to fail in order to get faithful. I don't think they're supposed to fail, but failure would teach them to be faithful. Amen. Could I say this again? The prodigal came home. Amen and amen. I'm glad, thank God, he didn't give up on it. Somebody said, well, he went looking for the sheep, and he went looking for the coin, but he didn't go looking for the son. Oh, yeah, he was looking for the son. Bible said when he saw him coming up the road, he must have been looking. 
Amen. He said, hey, I think that's my boy coming home. And the Bible said he ran to him and he didn't kick him. He kissed him. Amen. Even while he still had hog's eye on him, he grabbed him and kissed him before he ever cleaned him up. He said, thank God, son, I've been praying for you. Thank God I've been looking for you every day. I'm glad you come home. Amen. And the Bible said he grabbed him and kissed him. I can't get over that. Because my daddy used to raise hogs. And I tell you, I could just go to the hog pen and clean up the hog pen. Then I had to date my wife that night. Is anybody listening? Evidently, y'all ain't never raised hogs. You can't get that smell off your hand. You can't cologne it away. So you understand what a good woman my wife is? That she would marry a man that worked in the hog pen when he used to date her? Must have been true love. I'm just glad, thank God, the prodigal came home. When he got home, the father said, get a ring, get a robe. Amen. Get some Reeboks. We're going to Ryan's. Amen. That boy wasn't looking for sausage. I can tell you that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, I'm glad. Thank God. Hey, they don't give up. They can come home. I, I got to give you this. I got to get. I promise this is it. We had a family in our church started with us 42 years ago. Built all the buildings on our property. One day they come to me and they say, Preacher, we're leaving the church. I'm talking about the man who started with me and his family. Built all of our buildings. He said, we're leaving. I said, where are you going? We're going to a charismatic church. I said, brother, y'all, don't, y'all can't leave. He said, yeah, preacher, we're leaving. And they did. And we prayed and we prayed and prayed. And thank God they come back. And they've been back now probably 35 years. And I'm glad they come back because let me tell you why. Amen. Let me give you this. His son is my son-in-law now. His grandchildren, amen, he's my grandchildren's granddaddy. He's my great-grandchildren's great-granddaddy. That's out of one of his sons. He's another son, his son, amen, his son married my granddaughter. He had another son, his son is our wife's, his wife is our organist and our church secretary. Here's what I'm trying to say to you, and I could go on and on. Thank God he came back. When it looked like go to a charismatic church, leave what we had, and go to a charismatic church, it looks like no hope, no hope. But thank God 35 years ago he came back, and all this has transpired since he came back. I want to say, some of those you think will never make it, make it. Some of those you think won't make it, amen, or will make it, don't make it. We just got to keep our eyes on the Lord and be the leader that we ought to be. Let's stand. Let's pray. Father, I pray you take the few statements we made today. And Lord, help some preacher, I pray. Lord, we 